0: an ironic media production. Visit us at I-R-O-N-I-C-K All
1: right. Today on the podcast, I have Joy, and she has had six NDEs, so six near-death experiences. She's also had six unrelated, incurable diagnoses. Joy talks about how she was forced to come up with tools to handle her stress because her brain was starting to shut down after one of her NDEs. Joy is so passionate about helping people to reduce their stress and have more joy that she wrote a book called No Worries, Mate. With each NDE, Joy came back with more tools and skills and has used them to help people to become better versions of themselves. You can visit Joy's website at experiencejoy.com and receive her stress relieving techniques. But for now, here is Joy. Let's get started. Welcome to the Stark Transformation Show. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this show, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll hear incredible stories of transformation and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for well over a decade. My connection with energy is so strong, and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. All right, so I'm here with Joy on the podcast today, and I've invited her on because she has an extraordinary life. She has had six NDEs and six incurable diseases that she says she has cured, or you're working on the sixth one. Is that correct? Not not diseases, but six
0: incurable diagnoses, like you'll die, be you'll be dead before thirty, your heart will never that kind of thing.
1: Well, I'll let you tell your story because it's absolutely amazing. So go ahead. What happened with your first NDE? First time I died,
0: I flew off a cliff on a motorbike. I was 15 years old. I was wearing a full-face helmet and a bikini. They never found the bikini top, and the full face was shattered. (laughs) Oh, wow. uh, So you you said you were on a motorbike, right? I was. I was. I was attacked by a giant pothole that leapt out into the middle of the road and grabbed the front wheel of my bike. That's my excuse. I'm sticking to it. Yeah, it changed everything. I had the whole NDE before it was fashionable. I remember being wheeled into the operating theatre and saying, please don't tell my mother, somehow thinking that I could still escape and get back and nobody would notice I'd gone. I was (laughs) just I mentioned that. Yeah. (laughs) And um, I remember the anesthesiologist counting me down. And the next thing I knew, I was up in the corner of the room looking down And I heard the anesthesiologist say we've lost her and there was this huge flurry of of, of activity around the bed and all of a sudden I realized, oh, my God, that's me. And I felt this this shock and then I realized, oh, my God, that's not me. It's just my body. Hmm. And this wild sense of freedom came over me. Then I, I saw the light and it's sort of like a tunnel, I suppose. Well, you'll see. But I will tell you that this light is pure, unconditional love. I wanted with every part of my being to go into this light, and I was stopped, and I was sent back, and I was not pleased. Hmm. I woke up in the ICU with the doctor saying I'd never walk again. He wanted to amputate my leg. I told him I'd not only walk, I'd dance on your grave, and that's how I became a silver medal-winning in that Oh, silver medal! Wow, Thank holy you. cow! I was gonna if I was gonna do uh, dance on his grave. I wanted to do it in style. <laughs> took me a minute. Took seven years to recover from that, and I discovered that I had a knack for business, for building things and making money. I loved it so much more than anything, and I fortunately married a, a man who also loved that about me and was a wonderful house husband and. After a couple of years, I grew to be a big fish in a small pond. New Zealand only has like 3 million people, whether 60 million sheep when I was growing up, so it's very small. So I persuaded him to hop across the pond to Australia. There I began growing again, and it was thrilling, and I loved it. And we had a gorgeous flat in Elizabeth Bay next to King's Cross, overlooking the Sydney to Hobart yacht race. Everything was going so good. And uh, at 24, I was on top of the world and on top of my game and was hit by a drunk driver and all of the injuries. See, everybody had been so focused on how spectacularly I did my leg and that nobody had noticed 13 displaced vertebrae. With whiplash, all of these came into pain. I couldn't speak without stuttering. I couldn't walk or stand for more than a few minutes. I lost 70% of the strength in the left side of my body. I couldn't lift a glass of water with my left hand. The biggest challenge that I had was any time I went into any kind of stress, the soft tissue would swell at the base mm. of my neck, and blood would stop going to my brain, and I would have about three minutes before I blacked out. Wow. I never knew if I would wake up from any of the blackouts. And it was a very stressful time. I was <laughs> blacking out multiple times a day, and each blackout was creating an oxidative stress wall in my forebrain. After a while, doctors said I'd be dead or brain dead by the time I was 30 because I no longer had reliable access to my frontal lobes. So I became a world expert on clearing stress in three minutes or less. <laughs> <It> might be <laughs> good. It was that or die. Right. Wow. But it took a minute to be able to get there. It took a couple of years, actually. I got to walk with death for 18 months, Amy, and we became really good mates. Walking with death taught me how to live. Everything that I considered so impressive, all of the money I'd made, all of the things that I'd created, you know, i hey, God, look (laughs) look what I did. I busted through the glass ceiling on all of these industries and and suddenly I realized that it didn't look so crash up when I took it to God as the sum total of everything that I'd achieved. Right. And so I sat until I found something that I would be proud to take to God and it was I made every life that I touched more joyful. Mm. And that's what I founded my life on. Wow. Yeah. It worked really well. I highly recommend it. I named myself Joy as a reminder of what I decided to embody.
1: Cool. I figured that was probably the case, but <laughs> could have been a coincidence.
0: <laughs> no. Actually, each time I've died, I've been returned with different consciousness, different uncommon skills and abilities to help people, different extraordinary perspectives. Perspective is my superpower. And each time I returned, things changed that were just that were just weird. Like basic things. Like I used to be the best present buyer on the planet. It was fantastic. I love presents and, and buying them and giving them and, and just I was amazing at that. Died, came back, couldn't buy a present to save my life. But all of a sudden, I could do interior decorating like nobody's business. Just so really interesting little things, you know. Each one has been so different, you know. And in this one, I was a, a model and an actress, and then all, now I'm an inventor and just really weird, different things. And I'm so grateful for each level of consciousness. It's It's been a pretty trippy life. So after the doctors gave up on me that time, I started studying holistic medicine. I'm certified in more than a dozen different healing modalities. I've studied a lot more than that because as I journeyed through all of these different modalities, I uncovered these epic tools, and skills that I would have given my IT for as an executive, like how to clear stress from your body, how to relax instantly how to keep a clear head no matter what's going on i actually have these three tools in a 15 minute video that if you go to my website experiencejoy.com i will send it to you and in return i ask you first of all that you measure your stress levels on a scale of one to 100 before you begin the video and then after and when you find out how well they work you share these tools everybody needs to learn these basic things definitely so, yeah, experiencejoy.com. Go and get that. Not right now, though, later. So I uncovered these things and I learned how to reprogram the neurological pathways of my brain to bypass the injuries and access parts of my brain that I never imagined was there. Because we don't, we we don't use our brain. Start very small amount. Yeah. And the and all the tests that they did to find out just how screwed I was, how how much insurance they'd have to pay out. And everything that they test is very simple. I have the frontal lobes of an autistic child. Hmm. Everything that they test is difficult. I test as genius Hmm. because I was no longer able to reliably think forward or remember back. So I am a master of living in the moment. And I inadvertently turned myself into a channel because, well, you know, you can't plan, you can't organise stuff, so what's the option? All right, God, you made me like this. You take over and I'll just go where you send me, do what I'm told, and you organise all the details. I highly recommend this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It resulted in extraordinary things. The court-appointed psychiatrist at the time suggested that I take up basket weaving to ensure that I am a contributing member of society when I'm dead. And that was actually quite cathartic. I got to tell him what I thought of him and his profession and his parentage. Anyway, so I do you want to know what I was doing at 30 instead of vegetating and basket weaving. Yeah, what were you doing? I had co-created Australia's first third-party end-user computing support organization. I was advising state and federal government. I had created an entirely new industry in the computer industry that, that created thousands of jobs where they were most needed. I was the first individual ever to be nominated for an IT&T Excellence Award for Industry Development. And the first woman that the old boys industry ever saw, they hated me with a vengeance. I loved creating these things despite them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's that's, in, that's incredible. So how did you do that? Because of the brain reprogramming, you were able to access the other parts of your brain? Exactly.
0: I learned how to treat my brain like a massively sophisticated bio supercomputer. And that way, I got a whole lot more mileage out of it. Now, I, I didn't create DeweyCare and Software Sanctuary and Solutions, the, the companies that I didn't create. There was, there was like a five-year gap where I had to rework my brain. I wanted to die. I found myself in a body that just didn't function anymore. You know, it, 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 it couldn't hold any of the the dreams or the thoughts that I had, I, it, it was a body that didn't match who I was, and so I—I I off myself. Obviously, that didn't work, hasn't yet. And so I, the only other option was to kill the person that I was inside and create a whole new one from the ground up. I'm a bit of an extremist. <laughs> so I left Sydney. I got rid of all my every cut off all my hair, changed all my clothes, moved to the outskirts of a little town, three hundred people in that town, and and took over an old handmade paper mill. And there I began to create myself anew. I thought, well, you know, if I'm creating a new person in this body, one who can survive in what I've got left, there might as well be somebody that I really like, you know. <laughs> and there'd been a couple of parts about me that I wasn't so keen on, like truth. I, I wrote down all of the things that I didn't like about myself, And, uh, like, first up was truth had become a bit slippery for me, darling, and to the point where I was no longer sure. Is this this happening or is this this, this, – no. I didn't like that about myself. So I heard that to change something about yourself takes 30 days, make it a (laughs) habit. So for 30 days, actually, it was a bit longer than that. Every time I heard myself say something that may or may not have been true, I would literally stop and go, cancel, clear wipe it from my screen and say, that's not true, this is what happened. It was so embarrassing, oh, my God. But I made myself do it until it locked in and now I, I, I can't tell a lie if I have to save myself. And I did this with everything that I didn't like, I replaced it with the exact opposite until I uh, was able to look in the mirror and go, yeah, good on you, you're doing okay. And then I thought, well, what else can I do? And I looked around and I thought, yeah, there's – There's traits out there that I really like that I don't have. I wonder if I can acquire those. So I learned that the best way to acquire something and to download it as an operating system in your brain is to find out who is doing what it was or what it is that you want to do and go make yourself indispensable to that person and absorb Mm -hmm. my osmosis. I'm very old school. There's other ways to do it. I mean, just like... For whatever it is that you want to learn, whatever it is that you want to do, look to look to see who's doing that best in the way that you would really like to do, and then model them. Because mm-hmm. why reinvent the wheel? So I I learned and I grew and I this is how I reprogrammed my brain, darling. I did it by thinking new thoughts, and I have as I went through my brain looking at belief systems. Oh God. I discovered, like, we know that our thoughts change and we don't question that. I bet you're not thinking the same thoughts today as you even were yesterday before the United States erupted and whatever it's doing now. But we forget to check our beliefs. And beliefs are just thoughts that we accept as true. So I learned to question every single one of my beliefs and ask two magic questions. These are the two magic questions that will help you to sort out okay, that's that's not true and find out how to reset it. So, give me a belief that, that you have that,
1: yeah, one that's common is uh, money is hard to make. Money is hard to make. Okay, so
0: let's find out. The first magic question is, is that actually true? Now, for a start, it's paper, it's not hard to make, it gets printed out, it does grow on trees actually. And as long as you have that belief. In your head, this will be true for you. So I looked at the people who were making money and realized, you know, most of these people, they're not working at all. They're not doing it hard. It's, it's easy for them. And I started studying their belief systems and, and looking at how they operate and what their, their thoughts are. So the first magic question is, is this true for me still? Is this still true for me? And I like this question very much because there's no shame or blame. It's honoring the fact that it was once true and politely inquiring, is it still? And if the answer to that is no, then ask, what is true for me now? Is it actually more true that money is not difficult to make? It is, in fact, your mindset that creates difficulties. And so now we're narrowing it down again. What in my mindset? What are my belief systems? How? If if you want to to find out where your negative belief systems around money or anything else uh, were founded, it's usually in your first frame references age, before age seven, before you have any kind of chance to defend yourself or you just we we have society and school and parents and all of these programs just automatically downloaded Mm -hmm. and they may have been installed by people who have your best interests at heart or not but it's always good to look at absolutely everything Mm -hmm. so if you want to get a little deeper on that the exercise that I'll give you a joy description is to write down everything that you learned about money growing up good bad or otherwise and then go back and circle the ones that you're still living by, and ask those two magic questions. Is this still true for me? What is true for me now? And that's how we begin that. But I don't want to go too deep into that because there's just still so much. This is how you discover that there's likely a virus program happening. It's not about monitoring your thoughts because that's too hard, isn't it? I think so many things. This is what you monitor. You monitor your face. When your face looks like this, For those of you on the podcast, it's not a pretty look. It's not a good look at all. When you notice that you're feeling, oh, stop and use that feeling to go, what What thought did I just think that sponsored that feeling in my body? Mm. And what is the belief behind that thought? You can't. Okay, well, let's find out. Is that still true for me? Is it really true that I can't? Maybe. Is there any chance at all that you can Any chance at all that if you break it down into small enough bits that you actually can? Is there proof in your life that you have been able to do hard things that you didn't think you could but, in fact, that you can? Is it true of any possibility that this is a new age, this is a new era, this is a new you? You are not the same person that you were once. You perhaps couldn't do that, but is it still true? So, to find out if you've got a virus program running, that's that's one example of installing a, a virus detector. If it's making you feel bad, then chances are it might not be true. And the weird thing is, in often cases, the exact opposite is actually more true.
1: You So you, you've explained one NDE that you had. Do you look at the 30-year-old part of you being one another NDE or? Oh, that's really interesting. I've never thought about
0: that. No, 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 I didn't. I want to talk about death for a little minute because I think it is the most valuable thing that can be talked about because we don't talk about it. We don't. And asking myself that question, what would I take to God as the sum total of what I've done, changed my whole life. And so I want to invite you to ask that question of yourself. If you died today, How would you feel about how you've lived? If if death came to you right now and said, okay, well, you've got another month on the planet, depending on how well you've lived the last month or how, you know, what are you proudest of? How will you be remembered? How will the people around you think about you and feel about you? And and, and when you look at your life through these lenses, it tends to up your game. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like right now, I'm in the middle of my third, my my sixth, my third, <laughs> I wish, um, <laughs> incurable diagnoses. And, and this one is my jaw. I am the poster child. Don't get dental implants if you have a sensitivity to metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it nearly killed me. It ate away my jaw last year at this time. The staph infection completely dissolved the bone above my trigeminal nerve, exposing it. Oh, God. That's mm-hmm. got to be painful. It's actually documented as the most excruciating pain known. Yeah. And that's when I told God, that's it. You can fix me or you can take me, but I'm not living this. Yeah. So God said, all right, we can organize that, and sent me to wonderful healer, Dr. Doug, I still have the exposed trigeminal nerve, but I don't, have, I, I don't have the same level of pain. I've got different levels of pain. And I was not surprised when the, the surgeon looked inside my mouth and went, oh, my God, what happened? You're so young. <laughs> uh, there's nothing we can do for you. Because the, the, that's been said to me so many times that it really doesn't affect me anymore. Mm. I'm very clear the Western medical profession is important and it has its things that it does, but it's not the be-all and end-all. It doesn't mm. know what I can do. It doesn't know what you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I learned not to accept that kind of diagnosis. I know that this healing is not going to come necessarily from the Western medical profession, but from alternative modalities and from community and from from the six degrees of separation, there's there's going to be somebody out there that will say, I know a new technology, or I know somebody who wants to be able to sponsor getting your voice out into the world, and, and I, I, I know somebody who can print you a 3D jaw, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But we don't get to control always the things that happen to us. We don't. Mm-hmm. But we get to choose how we're going to feel about it. Mm-hmm. We can train ourselves. To decide how we're going to respond to it and it's this choice that matters because it's this choice that determines what happens next and i have decided that whatever happens with my job i need to get my tools and this the skills that i literally died multiple times to acquire i need to know that everybody has access to them because people don't have a decade and hundreds of thousands of dollars to, to learn all of the things that I learned that was squirreled away in all of these esoteric places where nobody could get to them. They, they, they need the information now. So I'm using this latest diagnosis to kick-start me back into making sure that it's all available no matter what happens. And I'm living proof you only get to die when you're supposed to. And I'm living proof that incurable means curable only from within. And I know that God still has plans for me just as he does for you. And that until those are fulfilled, we don't get to go anywhere. So we might as well make the best of where we are with what we've got right now. Right. Absolutely. Are you okay? I've learned a lot of pain. I've learned that pain is my friend. Don't always like it. (laughs) But our body doesn't yell at us for no reason. My passion is psychoneuroimmunology, which is how the way we think affects our health and well-being. Hmm. I've learned that different emotions live in different parts of the body and that our bodies are always talking to us and that when we learn to listen and respond and give ourselves what it is we need, everything changes. There was there was I I learned, I learned something really valuable after they wanted to amputate my leg at fifteen. Obviously I didn't let them, but I did myself what I wouldn't let the doctors do. I metaphorically amputated my leg. You know, it became my bad leg. I I didn't know what to do with the pain. So I did what I'd been always taught to do, which is just put it behind me, soldier on. Mm. Anybody else ever had that training? Yep. And then I wondered why I wouldn't heal. Mm -hmm. You can't heal what you don't own. It was only when I learned to treat my pain like a crying child. And say, I'm so sorry. You are not a bad leg. You're a wonderful leg. You reach all the way to the ground. You carry me around despite everything that I've done to you. I'm so sorry that I have been ignoring you. I won't ignore you anymore. I'm listening. Tell me what you need. How can I help you? This is when I started to heal. And I'm doing that right now with my jaw. It's a little, it's a little tricky. It's in my face. <laughs> and I don't take painkillers. So many people, when, when we have pain, I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't take painkillers, sensible people do when they need to, but too often we go, pain, oh, I don't like that message, and so we take a pill, which is just like putting masking tape on the oil warning light in the car because you don't like the message that it's sending you. Mm-hmm. It's never long-term helpful. No. So it's just it's been a bit of a tricky morning.
1: I understand. I, I, I hear you. And I, I thank you so much for being here and sharing um, your story. If you, if you feel capable of telling us about your other NDEs, that would be wonderful, but I, I don't want to push you.
0: I want people to walk away with them with information that they can most, that they can use to heal themselves. I'll tell you about an incurable diagnosis that I cured. It was my heart, my beautiful Faithful heart couldn't go more than fifteen seconds without stopping, and then racing to catch up. Blockage in the left ventricle, lots of PVCs, and I knew, I knew that there was an emotional cause. The, my my heart was very sad because I had spent my life supporting all of these people, but when I needed it, I had no support. Imagine your body is a three-dimensional hologram. You've got conscious, subconscious, and body. Say so you've got an issue in the conscious mind. I have, you know, whatever it is, I'm, I'm feeling grief about not feeling supported or resentment or whatever it is. I, I don't know. I can't do anything about it. I'm just going to put it out of my mind and not think about it. The issue that we've created for our own personal growth and development doesn't just flit off into the ether somewhere. Undealt dealt with it moves forward to a subconscious level. Where it creates pain and dis ease and disharmony and when you face it with me now. No, I can't I don't know what to do about it. I'm just not wrong it. All right. I've got no option but to move forward to a body level. Sorry, the subconscious results in, in dreams and stray thoughts. And if it's still not dealt with, it moves forward to a point. It moves towards what? A body level where it creates the pain and the dis ease, desperately trying to draw our attention to the fact that there is an unresolved issue. It's had exclamation, my dear. I have seen this miracle a million times. It never ceases to delight me. When we treat the cause, the symptoms go away. They no longer have to be there, drawing our attention to it. Mm-hmm. But as I said earlier, too often we don't do the. We don't treat the cause. The cause is, is suppressed and repressed with with drugs and with things that you, that that make it even more difficult. For I learned that different emotions live in different parts of the body. For example, if the issue is on the back, the issue is past and it's coming up to clear now. Please can we resolve this before we move forward? If the issue is on the front of your body, it's up for you in present time. If it's on the left side, it's all about home, relationships, creativity, mum stuff. If it's on the right, it's work, money, logic, dad stuff. Then it just gets more and more and more deeper. When I first learned about this as a specialised kinesiologist, it made me crazy and annoyed the hell out of me because I just thought it was so rude when my kinesiology master would say, okay, so what's the emotional cause? The emo- the, it's, I flew up a cliff on a motorbike. I was hit by a drunk driver. I had these things happen. They were very physical things. They were accidents. They weren't emotional. Oh, Really? then just for a moment check and see what parts of you were injured, how interesting that it was only your left leg and your spine, how was your ability to move forward in regard to home and relationships and mum, you know, how is your structure, and like, I t- tried to disprove it until I realised I'm just making myself an idiot by trying to disprove it and, and, and started diving into it and and learning, wow, my body is so much more than anything I could have ever realised, and by, by listening and communicating and not making any part of me wrong, but treating myself like a beloved child. Well, I'm now literally twice the age that any doctor ever said I would be. So,
1: Yeah, yeah you are. <laughs> uh, so what yeah. were your other NDEs?
0: Oh, oh gosh. Well, I, I drowned mold took me out be very very careful actually that's an important thing for for people to to notice a lot of people don't realize that especially if you're living in a damp environment if you've got if you start getting serious lung problems or if you've just moved into a house and you're, you're starting to have breathing problems or neurological problems or whatever check for mold especially black mold hmm. it, it takes out so many people i can tell you about times that i've died I, I, but i mean like the, the first one was really the the only time I had the the tunnel of light experience the last one was the only time I've had a a, a life review oh um,
1: how was that oh God
0: I've never been so grateful that I've lived in such in high integrity <laughs> i'd imagine <laughs> oh, right? oh, oh oh you really do get to see absolutely everything and everyone you've affected and in you want to be living an in integrity. You want to, seriously, darlings, you want to be looking in the mirror and able to go, yeah, good on you. And if not, <laughs> then there's still time. Maybe, or well, maybe not. You know, I mean, people are always saying, oh no, so and so died. He was so young. How long do you reckon you actually are supposed to get? You know, oh, um, so my, 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 my family member has cancer. They, they're going to be, you might be dead before they are. Mm-hmm. You might walk out onto the road and be run over by a stampeding camel herd. You never know what's going to happen. You just never do. Oh, I'll do this when I'm retired. Oh, you really think you're going to make it that long? Well, that's good. You may or may not. Mm-hmm. Don't put off living. I think that's the most important thing that death taught me was how to live.
1: How did that life review look for you? Like wow. Uh, so this is going to sound a little weird, and you are actually
0: the first person I've ever told on an interview. Oh, wow, well, cool. <laughs> getting a scoop. Okay, this is how it appeared to me. I felt like I'd been dropped off on Earth in the Ultimate Survivor program, and that there were these gigantic intergalactic television screens showing the reviews of my life to an enormous galactic audience.
1: <laughs> and so, uh, so you were so you were a screen that was being shown to people like to like intergalactic no, everybody's like
0: we all love the survival programs you know like so like you dropped off on an island and you're naked and afraid or whatever that is they had right <laughs> like that but planet earth okay so just for a moment imagine imagine if that was true for you too that 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 imagery that I was given <laughs> and that you are somebody's favorite character, or maybe a whole. You've got a whole fan club. If you're watching this, I bet you've got a whole fan club of people watching how you're operating on this planet right now. So that was why I was so very, very, very glad that I had always operated, in, well, since I, since I, the drug driver, new life, in high extreme integrity. You don't know who's watching. <laughs> no, you don't.
1: So there you go. So other people that I've interviewed had had that process of the life review. They would say that there was no j- feeling of judgment. So d- it sounds like you felt like there was judgment. Or are you just placing judgment now no, that you're back? No, no,
0: no. I was just placing judgment on myself. I, there wasn't any judgment. It was just like, it was, there is my life all laid out for absolutely everyone to see. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm sure it's different for different people. I did not expect that. I expected a nice little reel where, you know, it was just me and God and <laughs> I didn't expect the gigantic screens. So there you go.
1: Is there anything else that weird that or unusual that happened when you crossed over?
0: No. Um, it's it's about when I returned that's unusual. It's returning to to this unit with a different consciousness. To different skills and abilities, different, different ways of, of seeing. Basically, this is a timeshare unit at this point. I <laughs> operate on a very narrow bandwidth of, of masters. I allow the highest, most powerful force and source to, of good in the world to flow through me into whomever I'm working with or, or wherever I'm being directed. And that's, that's my life now. It's the, I, I, I never know. What's going to happen next? Not just because I can't think ahead terribly well, but because I never know what upstairs management's got in mind. I just know that, you know, like, I'm 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 leaving this dear little place on February first. It's being demolished. I have no idea at all where I'm going. God hasn't told me yet. Hmm. I, I, it's it's not my business to know where or how or who. I, I I know it will it will still be in in West LA. This is. Where my my tribe is, this or better. Ooh, okay, I want to leave. I want to leave you all with this. These three magic words that cover your ass, mm-hmm. make sure you don't get stuff that you shouldn't get, and make sure you always get stuff that you couldn't have imagined. To every prayer, add these words: this or better.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: yes. So I'll be leaving this. I love where I am, and so I hope it will be near here. or better.
1: That's two weeks from now that you're supposed to be out of. <laughs> I'll do the planning for you. Actually, no, it's three. But I, I will tell the listeners this as well. It was the middle of January in New York City, and I had been fed up with my apartment. The heat wasn't working. You know, like he was just, things weren't working out. And I was like, you know what? I've had enough of this. I've paid, you know, on time and everything should be working. And I called up the landlord. I said, I'm moving out February 1st. And I had no idea where I was going to go. And I had been getting in my meditation that I should move. So it was definitely divinely guided. And I was like, I trust that I will you know, land in the right spot. And I thought, Amy, you are absolutely out of your mind. <laughs> that You're doing this. But I mean, in the back of my head, I was always like, I guess I could just move in with my parents if I had to, like if I really, really had to, they weren't too far away, um, like an hour or so, and I could commute from there to work. But I hung up the phone and then my phone rang right after and it was my now partner, Fenella, and she said, you'll never believe this, but the guy who was living in the apartment that was renting from me is moving out February 1st. (laughs) And she goes, did you talk to your landlord yet? Like, you know, and I said, yes, I just got off the phone. And she's like, great, that's where you can stay then. And I was like, thank you. (laughs) It's how it works. It
0: how is I got this place. I, I sat in the car and I told God, Look, I'm I'm tired. You just have to send me whoever it is who knows where I'm supposed to live next because I just I'm I i do wanna try and find a place. And then I got out of the car. There was only one person on the on the street. I thought, Well that's easy. I went up and, and offered them a blessing and a joy generator. I have these cards made that I've tuned to raise the vibration to that skewed joy, whatever space I put it. I gave her a blessing. She asked me where I lived. I said, I don't know, actually. Told her the story. She said, well, I think I know. I was just on next door and I saw this place. And I said, okay, so we gave the person a ring and, and Lisa answered the phone. And I said, I'd like to come and have a look at your place. She said, well, we've got somebody coming at noon. So if it's still free after that, then I'll, I'll let you know. And I said, please don't. Rent it until you met me because I'm supposed to be living there. And uh, so that's how I got to be here. That's awesome. It used to be that I would only be told the day I was leaving, once my bag was packed, but no, that's, that's not true anymore. This is a new
1: era. I mean, now I get weeks. I'm yeah. Three weeks. <laughs> three yeah. weeks. It's exactly. plenty of time. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so is there anything else you want us to know about what it's like to experience six NDEs, yeah. six incurable diagnoses and many new talents, you know, throughout each, I don't even want, I want to call them like quarters of your life or timeframes of your life. I mean, it's just absolutely amazing mm-hmm. I, that you've been able to do all these different things and get this information and come back and share.
0: Yeah, it's been a cartoon like life, really. <laughs> I, it, I, it feels like most people, you know, arrive on the planet they live, they're born, and they die, and then they get, you know, recycled and reincarnated. But it feels like I've, I've come in and just jumped from timeline to timeline to timeline, which has been right. strange but cool. It's never been boring. Everything is subject to change without notice. You can do so much more than you know. Don't let anybody tell you what you can and can't do, even if it's somebody who thinks they're more qualified than you. You are the living expert on you. You. You and only you are the living expert on you. Look, the reason I bring so much hope and help to the world has got nothing to do with bits of paper I've accumulated and the letters after my name. It's because people can look at me and know, oh, my God, if she can do it, I've got a chance. And that is true. Using the same tools that I used to be able to do all of the crazy things that I have done. Imagine if you use these tools in your hopefully less bizarre life, what (laughs) you will be able to do. My God, I started the the computer companies with a $30 government check that bounced. My formal education finished at 15. I've only ever stepped foot in a university lecture. I, I never went back to school after the bike accident. And I don't know anything about computers to this day. You have so many advantages on so many levels that you don't even know about yet. There is one other thing I want to say. you are not alone. you walk with extraordinary guides and guards and angels whose job it is to make sure that you always have precisely what you need, whether you're aware of it or not. Have you noticed that there have been times in your life you could not possibly like like this the, I'm moving out on February 1st and then just trusting that it will happen, the perfect person, circumstance, situation, rent money, whatever, have you noticed that these things have somehow always been provided, never a moment too soon, never a moment too late, and never the way you think it will look because you know he like surprises. <laughs> it's not a coincidence. Everything in your life, especially every challenge, has built you and brought you to who you are now. Able to look into the eyes of the people that you've come here to help and stay hmm And if you take a moment to tune in right now, if you're clear sentient, clear feeling, maybe you can feel that hand on your shoulder. If you're clairvoyant, clear seeing, maybe you can to get a, a glimpse of that angel or that light or that image or that colour. If you're clear cognitive, clear knowing, maybe you have a, Deep knowing, yeah, this woman sounds like a crackpot, but somehow I already knew that I had these angels. And if you're clear audience, when you ask, is that really true? Do I, do I have guides and angels? Listen, release the need to control how the answer appears. Just listen. You'll notice that as you ask the question, the answer will appear in a different place in your head. Try it now. Is it true? Do I have guides? And observe how that answer comes to you, releasing the need to control. Because the more you know who walks with you, the better your life will be. Mm. If you're watching this, if you're listening to this, chances are you are ground crew to a greater plan. Mm-hmm. And learning who your team members are and how to delegate is the most important thing you can possibly do. And yes, I can help you with this one.
1: I bet you can. Yeah. (laughs) So your three-minute technique uh, for releasing stress is to think of the problem, right?
0: Oh, I have so so many. I have so many of these skills. The ones that I'm going to be sending you in the video when you go to experiencejoy.com is how to relax instantly, how to keep a clear head no matter what's going on, and how to clear stress from the body. I didn't talk about those because I'm going to send you a video on them. Uh, I talked about some of the others. I have a gazillion because it's my passion, collecting tools to live more joyfully and less stressfully in three minutes or less. It's a very good passion. I highly recommend it. Make it a hobby.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Joy, thank you so much for being on the podcast. You're a beautiful light in this world, and clearly you have so much to teach us all. Thank you. Thank you.
0: If you want to help keep my voice in the world consider donating to my GoFundMe campaign or we'll put
1: that link uh, in the show notes for you. Thank yeah, you, I appreciate it. Yeah, that. you're welcome. I thank you for your time and being here and I know that it was uncomfortable and you're in pain. So I appreciate you being on the podcast and sharing your wisdom and knowledge.
0: Thank you. Pain is inevitable, suffering is not. Suffering is not what I choose. Pain is what I'm using to propel myself forward to giving as much as I can while I can thank you for being here